0: to the Commonwealth, a podcast where we share the real stories of local community members who are using real estate to build personal wealth, along with tips and tricks from professionals across the industry. And now, your host, Landry Fields. Welcome back everyone to another keys to the commonwealth podcast Uh, today's episode is brought to you by Nova insurance where we love people through insurance whether it's your business real estate portfolio home auto or life we work as an independent risk advisors uh, to find the best coverage and options for your unique needs. Uh, My guest today. um, He's the commercial loan officer at first southern national bank here in Lexington, Kentucky. Born and raised in Moxville, North Carolina, he received his degree from Eastern Connecticut University where he played baseball. He is married to his beautiful bride, Kirby, and together have three awesome kids, Cooper, Reese, and Gunner. It is my pleasure to welcome Mackenzie Willoughby today to the Keys of the Commonwealth Studio. Mackenzie, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. So as we start off every episode, um, jump back in the glory, and then how did you end up in commercial banking? I'm sure that's, I know that's a story. I'm excited to hear it actually in more detail.
1: Yeah, it's a little bit of a
0: crazy story. So I spent the last
1: uh, nine years, well, I guess nine years of my career at Lexington Police Department Mm -hmm. and about four of that doing our recruiting coordinator. And then I also owned a security business. Part of that security business is I was in a small business development Bible study with Brian Fuller Yeah, and made the decision to start looking to get out of policing based on just some family stuff and things like that. Brian offered me a job and here we are.
0: The obvious jump from police to, to commercial lending. Yeah, right.
1: Uh, I, I've always been a networker by trade. I sure. spent two and a half years on staff with a college ministry, and uh, kind of that's what I viewed as the police department is I'm networking, trying to, you know, you're, most of the time you're encountering people on their worst day, and you've got a chance to impact them Yeah. either positively or negatively. And so I kind of always approached it that way,
0: kind of the same thing I do now every day. Yeah. I say the same thing about insurance. I mean, a lot of times I'm there on people's worst day to hopefully help Write that ship you were just in a different scenario to hopefully help them make the decision to turn their ship around i guess yeah or you know a lot of times it's
1: just you know they're it's not who they normally are it's the worst day of their life and uh, you got a chance to intercede and sometimes it has to be jail but not always you have a plethora of resources available to you and how you use those can really make a big difference yeah
0: It's been cool. I know um, you've been there for a little bit now at First Southern, but obviously you're well-known in the area in that sense. Um, So, I mean, how's it been going as far as commercial? What are we seeing right now, obviously, the market's very unique at this point. I know we've seen a couple people actually coming and doing, uh, just on their personal homes, even doing commercial options for lower rates at the time being, you know, sitting there on a five-year arm. Kind of waiting to see, maybe, hey, the the rates drop, and maybe maybe we'll refinance it into a traditional mortgage. But you know where are we at right now? What are things looking like?
1: Yeah, and I think it's a you know it's some people are hesitant in this market, and some people are being aggressive. It's still kind of that unknown. Um, you know, some of those personal residents going to commercial that's that's a gray area that you got to kind of really be cautious in. Um, because it's technically, if you're audited, it's got to be used for commercial purposes. But those five-year arms, you know, they are cheaper right now. Yeah, We're seeing some real estate stuff on the residential side that we've not seen because we are a cheaper rate. But yeah. we, Sometimes you can do no... Um,
0: what's the word I'm looking for? The insurance?
1: Uh, well, where we are unique. We don't do any PMI. We don't yeah. sell on residential mortgages. We don't sell our mortgages. We keep them in-house. Okay. And we don't require PMI. So that's where we're a little more interested. But now... We require 10 percent down we can we can get into five but there's got to be some good sure. policy exceptions there we prefer 10. um but that's where we you know most banks require pmi if you're less than 20 percent so that's a, a little thing where we're unique and can kind of help the client out
0: and it's these types of scenarios too where it just becomes more apparent in my opinion that the local bank is such a valuable asset to be used that uh the more i mature and in- Finances, investing and so forth and realizing that, yeah, you know, I think I early on, I was like, how do the small banks even make it And some of the, in you know, when you start thinking more about a global aspect with chase banks and U S banks and others like that. But you're like, no, there's a big, there's, there's a big, uh, shoe that the local banks fill that is hi- highly important in that sense. Yeah. I mean,
1: for us, it's the relationship thing, you know, it's, uh, I feel like that we're, so we're, First Southern, a lot of people don't know kind of who we are, what we are. Yeah, talk but, a little bit about that. You know, we've got 12 branches in Kentucky, but we do, uh, we have deposits in 47 states and seven countries, and we do currently have loans in 23 states. So, we're a $1.3 billion bank with zero debt. So, that allows us to get pretty unique on the way we do stuff, and then we're real big on relationships. So, you know, we work with clients to kind of get the loan to best fit them and to leave them some margin, some areas in their life where they can go into this thing strong and come out strong and we can celebrate when they pay off their debt. You know, that's one thing that we're a little different in. We, we like our clients to pay off their debt, which is, <laughs> it's hard it's weird to hear <laughs> banks sound like that, but that's a big principle of ours. We don't want our clients to be in debt. We want them to be in debt is the minimal time possible. Um, just like us. We don't want to be in debt as a bank. It allows us to do some unique stuff that not a lot of banks do because yeah. of their indebtedness. And so it makes us a lot, a lot different when it comes to that.
0: Yeah. And that's why having relationships with Different banks because different banks have different appetites for different things. I mean, so talk to me a little bit about your all's appetite, especially related to commercial investing, commercial property, or just commercial investing into you know multi-family, single-family, and that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, we love real estate secured stuff um, with some um, with some margin there. Um, that's a lot of things people joke around. If you can get along with first Southern, you can get along with it, anybody. But um, <laughs> but the, we're we unique in that thing is is that you know we're not always. The cheapest bank and we don't claim to be the cheapest bank we claim to be the best when it comes to customer service and then the other unique thing with us is you know first southern we tie 10 percent of our gross income so now if you do a loan with us not only is your loan um being paid through the bank but then it's impacting you know ministries and stuff throughout yeah. the world but we love real estate secured stuff we don't think real estate's going anywhere and uh you know it, it's sad but God's not producing anymore, <laughs> more of it. You can't get so many. You know, land's not going right. anywhere. Those those things aren't doing what they they are what they are, but we like that, and we. Um, so that's kind
0: of where our bread and butter is. We. So it's yeah. real. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what is what are I mean, as far as the current situation in the market, obviously, you know, what are rates looking like for you? I mean, obviously, that is going to change on a daily basis. So we know that that can't be. I mean, but where are Are things looking – like? are they still kind of – are they holding steady, I guess, is I would say? Are they holding steady? Are they – there's still potential of rise in the the fall here or whatnot?
1: I think there's potential of rise. You don't ever know. We've been pretty steady in in those. Everything right now has got a five in front of it. Yeah. Um, I know some people are looking to get in the fours. I think the last few things I've quoted has been the five two five range. Okay, but it's just you know kind of wait and see. We don't know what the market's going to do. We think it's steadying out, but who knows? Right now, it's been yeah. kind of all over the place. You know, a lot of people made projections that mortgage rates would never get above four percent, and right now they're in six and was in sevens. So um, it, yeah,
0: uh, and you guys, kinda... it feels like first Southern's been at least a little bit more steady as it goes. No matter pre craziness versus you know now.
1: Yeah, we try raising. We use the the, the term here a lot is we try not to ride the waves. Um, we try to stay steady and mm-hmm. then figure out where that's going to be and kind of keep our this up and down all the time. It's like, hey, let's take a look at it, see where it's going to be for a couple of months, make our adjustments, and not just kind of continue to move
0: all over the place. Just kind of be kind of steady in the storm. Yeah. So for somebody that's not been, done a commercial aspect of a loan, you know, looking at maybe buying a duplex, fourplex, or something like that. Never been in commercial banking as far as a loan goes. Where are you where are you kind of looking at? I mean, what do they need to be looking at uh, getting in? Um, but, you know, as far as their information together, as far as what you guys are going to be looking at, what is it that, you know, in essence, if I was sitting down with you uh, as a first time? Yeah, we'll send out what's called a personal financial statement, a PFS.
1: We want to get a PFS to kind of figure out where their net worth is, what liabilities they have. Um, and then we need uh, three years tax return, three years... Uh, P&L's, pay stubs, there's a whole list that we send out and then at that point we begin to evaluate kind of what what looks at, does this make sense? That's another thing with us, you know, sometimes we may tell you hey no this we don't think that this is kind of our appetite, but we're going to tell you why or we're going to say hey you know this is a deal we want to do but we need these these things here and trying to really kind of help people see the big picture not just this deal. A lot of times we get ho- focused in on deals and it's like, well maybe I think this is a deal for you, but I don't think this is the right deal. I think there's another
0: right deal to be be had, and so sure.
1: some people appreciate that, some people don't.
0: The art of learning how to walk away from a deal is good, life. So we just walked away from you know, kind of a first option deal, and really we just like I think the numbers were just a little bit off. We didn't want to take the ch- too much of a chance, and so forth, and so. I was kind of proud of being able to just kind of walk away and, and admit to myself sometimes. Like, no, I don't need to just get every single thing that comes across the desk <laughs> type of thing, right?
1: It's a nature. I'm the same thing in loans, <laughs> right? Like, uh, I'm an athlete at heart. I hate losing. Yeah. It's like, no, hey, no, I'll figure this thing out. But, um, but no, I think you're right. You know, the art of, of walking away. And really what we want to get people to do is help them see their parameters that fits them best based on their finances. Sure and staying within those so you can thrive and be successful. When we start fudging those lines is
0: where we start on a rainy day. It gets really difficult. And now, I mean, for someone that hasn't done it, I mean, you really have to kind of be an open book when it comes to this stuff as far as every single thing, <laughs> as far as your financial. And, and to that point, even with my business partner, um, just know that with a business partner, you have to be pretty much an open book with each other in that sense, like me and mine are. And that, you know, I mean, there's pretty much nothing to hide.
1: Yeah. In that that's sense. exactly right. It's, if, if you're trying to hide it, it will get exposed in yeah, the process. I
0: mean, yeah. <laughs> you're, it, it levels the playing field in that sense. Uh, one of the things we're always looking at too on um, uh, commercial, you know, with the banking side and with mortgages or the loans um, and as the property investors, and some people don't know what it is or it is, but the net operating income, which is a big portion of that. Uh, basically, can you explain a little bit about what the net operating income is that investors need to be looking at in that sense? Yeah, we, we
1: throw that term around with cash flow as well. How does the sure. thing cash flow? Meaning yep. like after, so you've got all of your expenses, your um, all of that but versus your rent. What's left over at the end
0: after your bills are paid and things like that? Um, and bills, and that's what, Yeah, net operating being bills paid before the, the actual debt portion of it, like your loan.
1: Yeah, correct. All of that together. So what is that net? What's that going to be? Is what, what is the loan? Going, what is the property going to net after everything is paid out? Pre, pre-loan, yeah. pre-loan. And so it, that, that way everything. we can yeah. figure
0: out if that mortgage makes sense right. or not. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's a big thing to start realizing as a property investor and that, you know, you, <laughs> there's so many of these acronyms and terms yeah. in real estate and other, I mean, it will in every industry, especially insurance, uh, but that, like I was like totally confused by, you know, it was like, what's cap rate? What's NOI? What's all these other things? Yeah.
1: It's like, kind of like when I uh, came over from the PD that, you know, you had these terminologies people were like, what the heck are you talking about? <laughs> I don't remember how many times I looked at Brian Fuller. I'm like, uh, can, can you define that again? I need to know. Right. And then you throw around the, the slang term that I understand. I was like, oh, okay, I got that. Yeah. So trying to put the two together put the two together. is fun. And so that's part of stuff of what we do to it for Southern is sitting down and helping people look at that. and. What does that make sense? And rent roll, how do I calculate my rent Mm roll with expenses in there to make sure that when, okay, yeah, I know that I'm getting $1,200 a month in rent from this unit, but am I taking into account 25% if they leave
0: what I'm going to have to pay to cover damages and stuff like that? Yeah, that's an important part of it. And we try to do that too. And knowing your numbers is so... Vitally important no. because if you don't know, them, I mean, you're, the bank does need to know them type yeah. things. So you need to figure that out ahead like, of time. Like we like to
1: calculate thirty five percent, but then if you can show us historicals where it's less, then we're willing to look at that because some people are less. Like uh, you know, we've worked with a guy in the past. Like when his when they have an apartment turnover, the his contractor goes to Lowe's and the countertop, the car, everything in the, every apartment is identical. Mm-hmm. So he knows exactly what his expenses are going to be. Nobody gets a different countertop. Nobody gets a different paint color. Yeah. Like he has it down to an art that he knows exactly what it's going to be when that apartment ends, what he's got to go do. Right. And so then we can look at that and say, okay, well maybe it's not a 35%, but on average we try to look at 35%. When
0: you say 35%, you're talking about what again?
1: Of a, of a refit, like like say once it's like lost, once somebody leaves. So the okay. damages and stuff like that. I see. I see. 35% of your rents to cover that I see. expense. So, um, but. Like I said, sometimes yeah. it's 10%. Sometimes we like to float high on the margin. So you don't cal- what we don't want you to do is not calculate that. Yeah. Get to the end of your tenant leaves out and you go, holy crap, I'm not going to fix this thing up to rerun it.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, it's honestly just being smart with being yeah. um, cautious on it, you know, not overestimating anything and being cautious on your numbers. Uh, we try to yeah. underestimate everything, me and my business partner in that sense. Yeah. We're like, what is... You know, if we'd rather overestimate rather than underestimate on those expenses and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah,
1: when that hot water heater goes out or, you yeah. know, that electrician has to come, you want to make sure that those things are prepared. Those are things we don't want people floating so tight on margin that then those things come up and they're like, here yeah. yeah, they are struggling to get those things fixed to run them out the right way.
0: Now, there's also sometimes in that aspect of limits, I think, that uh, individual banks can loan to one person. Is that kind of correct? Yeah, so... Um, we're unique in that okay. um, we and it it varies right it
1: varies on based on the size of your bank so right now we're like fifteen and a half million um, but then we have an insurance company and a holding company on top of that so it's kind of limitless to say if the if the shoe fits right <laughs> um, or you know we've we've done some deals too that we've got other banks that we partner with you know it may not be we don't, may not want all of it let's say you may have a thirty five million dollar deal that makes sense yeah. Well, we may want 15 of it, and then we may go to another bank that has the same vision, the same concepts, the same principles we do, yeah. and they may take another 15 of it. Right. So we're willing to work on those deals with people, too. It just depends, or however that works.
0: That is an interesting, because I never knew that until, I think, recently, that banks would actually come together on yeah. on deals like that. Which then yeah. I'm like, who am I paying at the end of the day? <laughs> yeah, so you... Am I paying mean, both banks, typically, in some respects, each month, if that was the case? or You are, but
1: one yeah. of them, like, for example, we would... We would take care of that. So you would pay us, and then we would take care of the, the other. To make so, it
0: simpler yeah. on that end. But yeah, we that try way to come together to so make the deal happen when it's a, a good deal. Yeah. Because so. you are, hey, what are some of the other ways you all are unique at in some respect? Because as far as, yeah, like I said, knowing you, knowing Brian over there at the Lexington branch and so forth, it's like, yeah. You're willing to take a look at it like almost anything or if, if, again, if it makes sense or if there's some ways to get uh, colorful in some some respects, you guys are willing to take a look at that.
1: Yeah, like I was talking to a guy this morning. So um, in the past, he has bought um, all of his rental properties with a hard money lender Mm -hmm. and then um, did the retrofit or the reno and then refinanced it. Well, um, one of the things I presented to him is, you know, we could do an as-is and as-will-be as appraisal. We could loan you on the as-will-be 12-month interest only. That way in 12 months, you know, after about your rate flux rating, you're locked in. And he's like, really? So there's just some unique things that we do. Like I, I've got a client in Richmond we did the same thing with. He bought um, a commercial building to move his business into. It needed a complete renovation. So we did a loan amount with a draw on it. With 12 months interest only, and so he drew, got his building done. Once it was complete, then it switched over to property interest only, and just like a normal. But his rate was locked in, yours were
0: locked in, everything was locked in at the beginning. So as far as the pre and post, I mean, is that added gain just like, you know, typically we're we're using hard money lenders in that sense so we can kind of get the added gain that'll... Basically yeah, so let's say that you're going to ten or twenty percent down, kind of the thing.
1: Yeah, so let's say you're going to buy the property for one hundred seventy-five thousand. You're going to do fifty thousand dollars in renovation. Um, so is it going to appraise for two fifty? It may appraise for two ninety and yeah. give you some more in there. So we do the pre appraisal uh, as is, and then we have, and then we do the post or the um, as will be appraisal. And then once it's done, the appraiser comes back to confirm that you did what you're
0: going to do to meet that appraisal. And then the added equity is able to be put towards the ten or twenty percent or. 30% we calculate that in from the beginning. Okay. Uh,
1: the issue we run into that we we have some clauses in there is that if you didn't do the work that you're supposed to, be, to do, then sure.
0: um, you would have to come up with some other cash. Okay. So good to know. Um what's some of the crazy, craziest things you've got you've been a part of or coolest things you've been a part of so far uh, or with first seven in some respects? Uh, I mean just the culture. Or something that you just really enjoyed as far as a project or something like that.
1: Yeah. I mean, for me, it's the relationship piece. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been told a lot of times and I give you, uh, one of the examples of, um, and I, and I tell this story, but our founder is on the way to Florida with one of our lenders to look at a deal. And, um, they kind of have like a, between 1 million and $13 million opportunity.
0: And so he asked him, Wait, said, hey, did you say $1 million to thirteen? That seems like a drastic
1: Yeah, so range. There, there was multiple projects going on. Okay. It's like, how are we going to take part of it or are we going to take all of okay, it? Okay, okay. And so they kind of asked him, what do you, what do you want um, when you leave here? If you could have exactly what you want, what would you do? And he said, well, how many guys are we meeting with? And so it was like two. He said, you know what? He said, we leave here. I hope to have two friends. If we have two friends, we'll build two relationships, and eventually we'll do business with two friends instead of just two random people. Yeah. And so that's just his mentality. Like we want to be a friendship. We want to enter into a partnership. We want to make sure that the shoe fits on both sides. Right. Yep. Uh, we use a, a, the language a lot. We want to date. We want to get engaged and then we want to get married. So if we have a new client, we want to date them, get to kind of know what their financial needs are, what they look like. Yeah. And as we continue to build that relationship, our goal is eventually we get married and then we do all of our deals together. We know them. They know us. We know what they are They, they call say, Hey, I'm looking at this. no, Okay, great. And then they move on to the next one. Yeah. Um, that's, I mean, just like in a marriage in general, right? You know, talk about Kirby and I, like when we first dated, you know, our communication and what we knew each other needed or wanted is drastically different than what it is after 13 years of marriage. It's like, <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I, I she knows, like, my stressors. She knows, like, um, what yeah. the things that kind of make me thrive. And so we communicate differently. We talk differently. And we can look at each other and go, hey, you know, babe, that's not a good idea. That's going to put us in a bad spot. Yeah. Versus when we were dating, it may have been, really? Like, you don't trust me? <laughs> we know each other now. And I think that's the same when we get into these relationships and banking and stuff like that. I think it, it benefits on both sides. We want to be able to trust them. But they want a bank that's going to trust, tell them their honest opinion. Um, and a lot of people will say, you know, well, you know, it's kind of a... How does that work out? I'm like, well, in 08 and oh nine, the average foreclosure of banks was thirty-five to forty percent. The foreclosures of first southern it's still crazy when you stop and think about yeah. that, right? The foreclosures of first southern was less than three percent. During that time? During that time. Wow. And that's because we are so key on that relationship and making sure that, you know, our loan to values are right, making sure that we are mm-hmm. putting our clients in a position of strength that when the rainy days come, we have some ability to help them. Through that process if we get too leveraged and the rainy day comes there's no out um and
0: so that's one of the big
1: things that we we're always trying yeah. to look at make sure that kind of a correlation
0: to tenants in some ways too for us yeah. uh, on the real estate side you know yeah. having that key relationship building with them that you know they stick around for a while or they trust you or communicate with you in that sense so you're not you know yeah i know a lot of people who had if they had great relationships with their tenants during covid you know they were much better than you know just uh, a lot of people that didn't have great relationships with a tenant and they just you know didn't pay or whatever you know took advantage of some of those things during that point in time um as far as different types of deals i mean what's out there as far as again for this might just know you know what is the five-year arm amortization aspect of everything like that you know somebody that just has no clue what are the different types of structures that you all use a lot and, yeah, so we we like
1: it, we don't like anything over, especially when it comes to commercial, anything over a 20-year AM, which is, you know, the amortization period. So it's going to amortize over 20 years. And then we like a five-year ARM, which means it's a five-year adjustable rate. So let's say that for five years, you're locked in at 525. Five. After that five years, based on the market, it could raise or low. Each lower.
0: year? Oh, not each year, after five years. After five years. So yeah. it's locked for the remaining... 15 based upon what's no
1: so it would be so say it's let's say it's five percent for five years and then after five it could go to let's say it goes to six percent yeah then it's six percent for the next five years so it's got a chance to adjust three times during that sure however it's capped at two and a half percent so a lot of people get freaked out it's like this thing go to 15 like no the most it go to seven and a half and they're like what if it goes down like well then we can refinance it and they're like Oh, okay. So, (laughs) uh, so it's good, and that's average on commercial. We're the same on residential, which is a little different. We don't have a long term residential prod prod, product. Um, That may change over time, but our twenty year, twenty five. Now, well, on residential, we'll go twenty five with a
0: five year adjustable. Okay. So, yeah. Gotcha. Which is definitely unique. How how many? I mean, how many banks are doing that? I feel like
1: not very many. For me. it's it's twofold. Uh, one is you know you're not paying PMI, so there's there's a little bit of that. But then for me, the kind of the first home home buyers that's really good at um, the other thing it does. It's kind of funny, is it kind of forces people to pay more toward principal. And it's like, well, you know, I, I'm scared it's going to adjust. so I'm going to dump some money toward principal. The next thing they know, they pay that thing off in twelve or thirteen years. And they're right. like, okay, so yeah, it's just a different approach. Yeah. Um, you know. And at the end of the day, we want to take our right, but we still have to make money too as a bank. Yeah. And so it's just kind of where we're at right now. We, we're we looking at some options potentially down the road to do some long-term products. But the biggest thing for us is we don't want to sell our loans. Yeah. Um, we want to keep those in-house and we want to service our clients. Um, when you start getting into some of the long-term stuff, those get sold to other
0: people and other banks and you don't know how they're getting serviced. You don't know. Yeah. They're basically no longer your client. So I deal with that on a daily basis, obviously with insurances, And people have no idea. I'm like, yeah, dude, it just wasn't, but it's going to change yeah. <laughs> in about 30 days, yeah, probably. 30 to 60 days or you know, so, That you do going to have Wells thing. Fargo or somebody. Yeah, so, and yeah. they're like, oh, I, you know, I'm like, no, it's that's pretty normal type of thing. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, when you're not doing banking, what uh, are some of your passions or personal goals that you kind of are working on this year or like to do?
1: Yeah, I mean, we're a sports family in general, so my wife coaches high school volleyball and then my uh eight and five year old play anything that is with a ball so we just got done with summer baseball moving into flag football and then we're going to basketball and then back to baseball (laughs) Uh, me and my wife both were fortunate enough to be college athletes so it kind of runs in the family um and um but it's been good man we love we live on a farm in frankfurt so between sports and farming and um outdoors it's kind of kind of our world so um the big thing is is we try to do everything we can as a as a family together yep. and enjoy the same things each other enjoy so
0: and you're because what are the ages of the kids again uh, i've got eight five and 19 months eight, okay now my
1: 19 month load looks like a four-year-old so That's right uh, he's 31 pounds <laughs> at 19 months so he's gonna be my everybody keeps laughing my, my oldest is built like a quarterback my middle one's built like a running back and then my third one's the nose tackle <laughs>
0: So. <laughs> uh, date night where you uh, you where are you and Kirby going
1: uh we're we're big Midway people yeah, um, and oh, yeah. only because mainly we moved to Frankfurt and, you know quite get away and we can be there oh, yeah. six miles from the house yeah um, the biggest thing for us is trying to find somewhere that we can talk. Yeah. It's very rarely with three boys that you get a chance to sit down and talk. We were laughing um, just a couple of weeks ago or a couple of days ago. Where she between, coaches, between fart jokes oh, and it's, stuff like that. It's our like, fart noises, yeah. and the armpit noise, or, uh, you know. or fighting. and. Um, <laughs> but we were – oh, my wife had – before practice, right after school got out, she had about thirty minutes, and so we stuck our kids in the gym and let them run around. And we got to spend fifteen minutes. Yeah, and somebody laughed. or like, Is "This Charles date night." I'm like, yeah, it's our date minute. Yeah, um, but no, we try to be intentional. We try to date. We like to do a date night once a week. It don't work yeah. a lot of times during volleyball season, but at least once a month. Or if
0: you don't, you go to Chick Fil A. You order your food and the kids' food. The kids stay. We tell our kids you're going to keep playing. We're going to eat our food first and without you while you're playing in the playground. And then you can come eat your food type of thing or inverse of that. One that's, that's exactly
1: right. <laughs> um, so you get unique in those things. Um, but no, it's good. I mean, you yeah. know, we, we want to, one of the things that we try to do is we try to focus on our marriage as much as we focus, on, focus on our work skills, if not more like, like, I don't want to just become a better lender I want mm-hmm. to become a better husband too yeah. and a better dad um, and so which led into a lot of my transition from the police department to the um lending world of first Southern is, yeah. you know I was learning I was getting to the point where I wasn't shutting that switch off when I got home and my kids were being talked to like suspects and, <laughs> um, so but I realized that and I realized you yeah. know when when that's and that's the dangerous in that job and you know this isn't a plug for Lex PD, anything like that. But I would encourage anybody that knows a police officer to love on them because those switches are hard to turn off. When you're doing a job 10 hours a day, you're hypervigilant. You're literally leave work every morning knowing there's a possibility you're not coming home. Yeah. Um, being able to shut off what you see, you know, it takes an officer seven months to see the amount of trauma that a person sees in a normal lifetime. So you time that seven months out of over a 25 year career, it's sometimes hard for them to shut stuff I mean, off when they come home. Takes it toll, um, and so that's Kirby and I've been really focused on that too. Some of our friends, loving on them, having them out to the farm, getting them a chance to get away and not worry about sitting in a restaurant with your head on a swivel all the time, looking to see if somebody's going to walk in that you know. Yeah, um, and so just
0: allow them to have that outlet and that release, and so that's been really good and really healthy. That's awesome. I was talking like back that that's a, to that point. I find it uh, interesting. Um, me and some buddies were talking about this other day. That's it's like, it's, it's so weird. Like, right? You're in your 30s, and you're just like, <laughs> I was looking. For, I, when I got to my 30s, I was like, man, these are 30s are kind of better than 20s. I, you know, there's a lot of, per, you know, just you know, I'm to worry. You're kind of, you're, you're kind of getting set and everything like that. And now I'm kind of like, I'm 36 now. I'm like, man, the 40s are looking pretty good because the 30s <laughs> is, it feels like you're trying to just set your career in some respects, while at the same time, you, a lot of times grow your family, figure out what parenting is. And, and then, you know, that's those, both of those things stretch your marriage in that sense, as far as yep. learning just different depths and, and how to, how to uh, love each other, how to just, you know, have grace for each other and stuff like that. And so I'm like, man, the forties, I feel like if we can get to our forties here, well, you know, I, I kind of looking forward to that. I feel like, not that there's like a home stretch of any kind, but it's like, Man, the thirties feel like there's just so much that's going on, and uh, more maturing, just more, just hard work. The kids are young, so I mean, there's obviously so much less sleep that happens when oh. the kids are young, and so forth. You know what I'm How saying? Sleep, though sleep's off like, the house. It's like you're getting hit from so many sides in some respects, oh. but it's all. Good stuff at the same time, right? I mean, I wouldn't change it for the world in any respect. So, but it,
1: yeah, that's what I always laugh. Everybody says, you know, being a dad is the hardest thing you ever do, but the most rewarding yeah. thing you ever do. Like, yeah. I love those little suckers, but don't get me wrong. There's days that they drive me
0: nuts. So um, they go to sleep because then they go to sleep, and you're like,
1: Aw, that's oh, that's why boy, I told my you, wife. Yeah. I said, I said, here's <laughs> the bad thing: is they go to sleep, and then it's like you feel like it's your time to kind of release. It's like what I need to be doing is going to sleep with them. Yeah. Um, but we laugh. She's we we're talking. You're we talking about the 40s, and she said, "What's your goal? You know, kind of being in the 40s." And I'm, I'm too. Years away, and I said not to buy any more diapers. <laughs>
0: that's right. I was like, I'm gonna, uh, "Diapers are outrageous." Yeah, <laughs> and so they get to the point laughing. where they're feeding themselves, <laughs> bathing themselves, <laughs> and dressing yeah. themselves. I said, as something. long
1: as we have three kids that haven't killed each other, I think it's a successful. When we turn forty, <laughs> that's so, right. No, it's you know, unfortunate. The Lord has is, is really yeah. really blessed us, and um, it's kind of been cool to see my eight year old, the five year old still could care less about little brother. He helps him some, yeah. but the five year old is really becoming that nurture protecting him taking care of him but he's still late right there's moments he forgets hey I'm gonna watch and you look up and you're like where's your brother I I don't know I thought you were watching (laughs) I I missed him I'm sorry but you're starting to see that those nurturing techniques come out of him and starting to see him ask a lot of a lot of spiritual questions and
0: it's it's been really cool so nice favorite thing about Kentucky here as we kind of wrap up What's that? Favorite thing about Kentucky. And so we kind of wrap up. Oh, man. Somebody was moving here, you know.
1: Um, for me, I think the most unique thing is what all's available. And what I mean by that is you've got Kentucky sports. You've got University of Kentucky. You've got sports. Then you've got, you know, the individual sports, golf, Little League, whatever that may be, softball. And then you've got the farm and you've got the city. Like within Lexington, I mean, really, you've got the bourbon industry. Within yeah. 10 miles or 15 miles – Tell me something you don't
0: have. Right, It's very and unique. And was like, we don't have, have a professional sport. And I'm like, <laughs> you don't need one. You got
1: the Wildcats. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's true. You got mountain climbing, rock climbing, yeah. hiking, fishing, boating, yeah. bourbon trails, horse stuff. all the, and the horse and bourbon, obviously, huh. very unique to here. Yeah,
1: and then the people. I mean, you know, yeah. it just... Um, Lexington's a unique community that still is pretty connected and still pretty loving. And I got to experience that. And it's part of the police department, too, is, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, your your job. And I'm like, no, you know what? I'm fortunate to be in Lexington because we still have a a really good community that that loves each other and loves people. You know, there's always those unique situations. But overall, it's like, yeah, most of the time, you know, you go to the restaurant, people are still holding the door open for each other and saying thank you. And it's not. Yeah. I spent about uh, two days in New York City not long ago, and I was like, "This is one place I do not want right. to live."
0: <laughs> like it makes me nothing makes it was weird for me a little bit when I was going to Campbellton when we were, I was dating my wife and I'd pull into a street and people would just like wave like as I'm passing them by. And I was like, "Why are they waving at me?" And, and I, again, I kind of grew up in the middle of like the city of Lexington, but now we kind of spend a lot more time and out, outside in the counties and different things like that. And I'm like, you know, that's kind of one of my favorite things that I love now. And just like, I'll, I don't know who the person is. I'll, I'll even start waving first to the person that I'm just driving past as they're, you know, taking their garbage out or whatever type of thing.
1: And Lexington's weird, man. And it's a small, big town. Oh, and like, it's the biggest it's, small town in America. In I mean, my opinion. people, you you know, everybody still kind of knows everybody and, and still talks wow. in the the same circles and which is real, which is unique. I mean, yeah, and Lexington's unique in the size. you know, it's, you know, it, it triples in population during work hours and then um, which is kind of cool and you know it's 3 or 400,000 people during the day and then it doubles to almost I, mean, I think it goes almost over a million during work hours which is kind of crazy to see.
0: Really? Yeah. It's uh
1: it's pretty unique when it
0: comes to that. Interesting. Last question. I mean, if somebody wants to get in touch with you at First Southern talk commercial uh real estate commercial loans financing all that kind of stuff what's the best way to get in touch with you
1: yeah email me or call me uh email is m willoughby at fsnb.net and so that's m w-i-l-l-o-u-g-h-b-y or call me personal cell phone 859-265-0440
0: so i'd love to talk and and help any way i can oh man mckinsey appreciate you coming on the show today make sure everybody to subscribe check us back next week for another keys to the commonwealth uh, podcast episode Thanks again, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. To learn more about this podcast, visit our page at keystothecommonwealth.com. To connect with Landry regarding insuring your investment portfolio, email Landry at Group.com or call 859-687-2004.